Good afternoon and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me interview extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. Together we can make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Transgenerational trauma is a psychological theory which suggests that trauma can be transferred between generations. This theory became first recognized in 1966 amongst children of Holocaust survivors who were seeking mental help in clinics across Canada. This type of trauma has also been documented in descendants of slaves, war survivors, Native Americans, Japanese Americans, refugees, and more. Transgenerational trauma is transmitted epigenetically and by parental influence as well. The Dutch hunger winter famine is a great example of an epigenetic event. This Dutch famine, or most commonly called the hunger winter, took place in German-occupied Netherlands near the end of World War II. In the winter and spring of 1944, after a railway strike, the Germans limited rations such that people, even pregnant women, received as little as 400 to 800 calories per day. The study conducted, called the Dutch, the Dutch Hunger Winter Study, published in 1976, revealed the effects of intrauterine deprivation on subsequent adult health. These food restrictions made in utero later affected metabolism, cardiovascular health, and cognitive functions of these babies in their adulthood. The other effect of this famine was those that who experienced the famine suppressed genes and expressed other ones, which aided in the survival. The children of these survivors showed the same exact gene expression and suppression. This proved trauma can be transferred via epigenetics. Additionally, this proved that a child raised in the same type of environment as their ancestors can also trigger a gene reformation of a gene in each generation imprinting the same epigenetics. Basically, environmentally driven molecular processes that can turn genes on or off. Epigenetics can also explain the existence of a disease within a family without the presence of that particular gene for that disease. One of the most investigated epigenetic mechanisms in the study of transgenerational trauma is the RNA molecule. In a study done by University of Zurich in 2014, researchers, including Professor Mansui, discovered the molecular processes involved in genetic inheritance of behavioral symptoms induced by traumatic experiences in early life to be short RNA molecules. This research was done by comparing adult mice exposed to traumatic conditions in early life compared to non-traumatized mice. They discovered that traumatic stress alters the amount of several short RNAs, or micro-RNAs, in the blood, brain, and sperm. The traumatic experiences imposed upon the mice made them behave differently, and these behavioral symptoms were passed on to the next generation via sperm. The metabolism of the offspring of the stressed mice was also impacted. Their insulin and blood sugar levels were lower than the offspring of non-traumatized mice, the effects on the metabolism and behavior carried on even into the third generation. The key factor for the transmission of trauma was the imbalance in microRNAs in sperm. Another mechanism for transmission of transgenerational trauma can also be passed along through verbal messages of fear from our elders, which help them to survive their time and their trauma. Following 9-11, Maurice DeWitt, a sidewalk Santa on Fifth Avenue, told the New York Times about the changed behavior he witnessed in parents that they wouldn't let their kids' hands go. He said their reactions to him were not normal and trickled down to the kids who were experiencing this anxiety from their parents but could not make the connection despite still feeling it. He called 9-11 the Grinch who stole Christmas. DeWitt experienced a powerful mixed message being exhibited. Consciously and verbally, it was to adore Santa, and unconsciously and physically, it was to be afraid of Santa. This is an example of how hereditary trauma is transmitted through unspoken behavior or energy. These unconscious cues are picked up by a child, like DeWitt explained. Children can sense anxiety, fear, sadness, and anger without even being told nor really understanding why it is being expressed. And children, as we all know, are sponges. They absorb it and either act it out right away or hold on to it for a later time, usually because they cannot comprehend it at the time they receive it. Thus, it becomes energetic inheritance. Often, one child is chosen in a family to both carry and communicate the grief of their ancestors. This chosen child must essentially hold on the environment. 
The challenge is grappling the trauma while still being tied to the family heritage, as well as processing it without becoming stuck in it, while, while also not giving grief to the parents who transmitted it, and lastly, not passing it down to future generations. This seems like a big responsibility for a child, which could be why we choose to deal with it or manage it as an adult. Present time, we are living in a collectively scary and challenging time for us all. And for those of us who are parents, this is a bigger lesson. Besides how to homeschool, it is how do we deal with this collective trauma we are experiencing right now so that we do not pass it down to our children and their children. Today, I have the pleasure of having Laura Mayer on my show. Laura is a healing activator, occupational therapist, and author. She will discuss her own struggle and trans with transgenerational trauma or energetic inheritance and how she recognized it and the tools she used to heal it. Plus, we will open up the phone line so that she can offer an intuitive message about what you might be dealing with right now in these troubling times. So stick around after this quick break. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way for just $65. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Laura Mayer on my show. Laura is a healing activator, occupational therapist, and author. Hey, Laura, thanks for joining us today. Hi, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and where are you joining us from? I'm actually in Tubac, Arizona right now, a New Yorker who moved west. Seems to be the hot spot right now is Arizona. Well, the mountains are exquisite. That's what drew me here, the energy in the mountains. Okay. Well, can you share with us what disease almost claimed your life? Yes. Before I answer that, I just want to say that was a wonderful introduction. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thanks very much. So, so I was diagnosed at 15 um, with a progressive degenerative neurological disease uh, in the family of ALS. It was called anterior horn cell disease. It's in the gray matter of the spinal column, which is the, the gray matter is where you have your mobility, okay, your, um, your motor. Uh, so my sensory was never evolved with the motor. What I was told is that I would lose a millimeter a month of muscle strength and, uh, and good luck. Wow. <laughs> that was the, a long time ago. What were you experiencing for you to go in and see the doctor at 15? I, I woke up one morning, literally, and could not extend my pinky finger on my left hand. And then shortly after that, I started um, feeling numbness and tingling. And my father, who's a doctor, got me over to Mount Sinai at a radiologist, his friend, the radiologist. And, uh, you know, he checked out my finger. That was fine. It went to my elbow. That was fine. And it ended up first being diagnosed brachial plexus when I was 14. And then um, a year later, they did a surgery. They took out the scaling muscle thinking that it was pressure on the nerves. Mm -hmm. and that didn't work. And the following year, I was back in the hospital for five weeks. And they did every test possible. And this is what they came up with. And they took out my first rib on either side. Hope, you know, once again, they really didn't know. Wow. But they didn't know what to do with a 15-year-old that tried to do anything. Yeah. So, and then after that, it was basically there's nothing anybody could do. And I, I went to Mount Sinai Hospital in, in New York City. You know, it's a major, major medical center. It's a great, yeah, so great when, hospital. Yeah. So when you hear there's me on Columbia University, I went there. I went to the vast, and they had nothing to say to me except keep your chin up. Wow. So, I so there's no that. cure for it. There's no cure. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And. Um, 
it wasn't until my last year of college, I did go to college anyway. Uh, you know, looking back, it's amazing that I did everything I did. I didn't know. I just decided to to get into gear and just do whatever I could do. Ended up, um, you know, going to a very good university, studying occupational therapy. And in my last year at school, my legs started to get involved. So um, drove out to University of Pennsylvania, another major hospital center. The chief there said I would be in a wheelchair at 25 and get a 40. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I went to graduate school after I graduated. And, and that's how my life has been. I just kept trucking along um, so without you- any idea of what I was doing, except, you know, what I know now versus then. Yeah, and constantly carrying through despite everything. So can I go back? I, I, I You just yes. kind of told your story, but what was the catalyst for you becoming an occupational therapist? I wanted to be a nurse. I am probably the few people in the world that had a, a Barbie doll and a Dr. Kildare. I mean, I came in wanting to be a nurse. <laughs> and um, I couldn't get into nursing school. They said, there's no way with your hands that you could do nursing. I didn't have the fine motor dexterity for sure. And when I, so I decided to do special ed. And in my second year at um, Jersey uh, State College, we had to do volunteer work. And again, this is so serendipitous. Um, So across the street at a 200 classroom building for special needs children. And they put me in the occupational therapy department. Hmm. And within two weeks, my supervisor said, you have to be an OT, you'd be amazing. So I applied to NYU and got in. And uh, yeah, that was 25 years and graduate school and I loved it. Did your symptoms ever limit your work? Well, what happened was I made a decision because my hands were pretty, um, pretty bad shape by the time I graduated college that I would go into psychiatry thinking that would be, you know, there's no way I could do muscle testing and stuff like that in, in rehab, which I did in my internship. So I thought I was sort of guiding myself to the places where there's more talk and less action, which wasn't necessarily true, but um, did they interfere? Everything interfered. I couldn't hold my fork with my dominant hand. I couldn't button a button. Everything interfered. When you don't have hands, you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just figured it out. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's really kind of sweet. I look back on occupational therapist is actually, I'm sorry, occupational therapy is all about purposeful activity and helping people to function right. at their highest level. Right. And you teach compensation skills. So I am the queen mm-hmm. of compensation because of my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, you were leading you by know, example. I, absolutely. And it was painful. It yeah. wasn't easy. No, it doesn't but sound I, easy I, at I all. Loved, I, I think the theory and philosophy of OT was so heartfelt for me mm-hmm. that you know I, it was an inside out job let's put it that way by the by the time i was 26 i had moved to boston worked at tough was working at tough's medical center and you know by then my left hand was paralyzed and um met a hand surgeon and over the next 14 years he proceeded to do 15 reconstructed tendon transfers and bone fusions on both hands. Oh boy. It never spread to my legs, thank God. Um, so yeah, you went uh, through through quite the gamut there. I did. Yeah. So, so <laughs> And I look back on it and I, I'm smiling here because I don't know how I did it, to right, be honest, right. except that everything came from my heart. I mean, the heart fed my fingers and my arms. And I was in agony. I'm not, listen, it wasn't easy. You know, I had zero muscle strength. Right. But um, I don't know how I did it, except in retrospect, I was guided all along. So well, I want to get know, back. Segue. <laughs> I want to get back into how you were guided for sure. But we're going to have to take a quick break. And everyone remember, okay. this is a live show. So if you would like an intuitive message from Laura about something that is troubling you right now, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. 
The veil is the line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray, free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations? Redness? Post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your questions. Let me know you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Laura Mayer. Laura is a healing activator, occupational therapist, and author. And if you would like an intuitive message from Laura today, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Laura, I want to go back to when the doctor told you that you were going to potentially die. How did that make you feel? Well, honestly, he told me and my father standing in the hallway after doing an EMG on my legs. And the worst part of that scenario was that my father didn't talk to me for two and a half hours on the ride home. Mm. And I'm going to cry. I remember looking out the window I couldn't wait for it to get dark. So if the tears could come down, um, that was the hardest. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I, um, I think each step of the way, no pun intended there, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, I just kept going. So I immediately applied to graduate school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just felt if I'm going to be in a wheelchair at 25, then I bet, you know, I better have the education. So I didn't have to do the physicality as much. I could be a director, you know, that kind of department chair. Anyway, that's how I kicked into gear. I You just kept fighting to live. Well, you know what? I fought to live. I didn't get a lot of support from my medical-based parents, which, you know, again, it really doesn't matter, everybody, what your parents do, yeah. <laughs> where they come from. You know, it's a, it's a deepest level of how do we deal with this situation? Right. And not everybody, and it doesn't matter what your degrees are in, are mm-hmm. equipped. Right. And I mean, my father was a doctor. My mother's a social worker, and they never talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. So I really was on my own to figure it out with support of, you know, these angels came in and in the shape of doctors, I had a couple of wonderful doctors. I don't remember 
lying in that bed. I mean, I remember, but I don't remember how I felt um, when the doctor gave me that trajectory. I do know that the chief resident was standing at my side when he said that. And when he filed out with the other residents, Dr. Steve Horowitz stood there next to me. And he said, I can't believe Dr. I'm going to not give his, well, he's dead. Anyway, uh, I can't believe he said that to you. Mm. And in, in what I've remembered with that, my gosh, he validated what I was hearing. And that's my memory of it. Mm. He validated what was going on. It was real because I had no one else there to validate what was going on. Right. But at the same time, it's like you, you chose not to hear it, right? I don't think I chose not to hear it. I, I was 15. Right. <laughs> when I was 21, you know, I was already in my last year at school. And I just, I was going to fight on. I remember saying, I just want to walk down the aisle. I want to get married before I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. And those are all of the things in my my book that I, you know, I'm, I'm going back. It's been a long time. And I think that's what's so amazing. That's where energetic inheritance comes like, or wiping it out. It's, it's hard. You know, I read, look at my book now and I'm like, that was me. <laughs> well, I want to get into your book, but okay. how, how did you manage to miraculously heal? I didn't miraculously heal. And, and I want to really say that with such love to everybody listening. I didn't miraculously heal. And I'll give you a two second story. When I went to my hand surgeon two years after I started my healing journey, he said to me, I, I waited till my fingers were straight. They were in a claw position, okay? And I had zero muscle strength and I was really in bad shape. After the first two years of my healing process, my fingers opened completely. I moved my thumb for the first time in 40 years. So many little things started to happen. And I walked into my surgeon's office, which I love him. I mean, he was my mainstay. I've known him for 40 years. And he said, you're a miracle. And this is what I said to him. I am not a miracle. The miracle is that I said yes to something I knew nothing about. Mm. I stepped into a world I knew nothing about. I was all clinical. I was brought up medical. I exhausted the medical world. I stepped into the metaphysical and spiritual world. I knew nothing about it. That's where miracles happen. Hmm. Wow. It wasn't a miraculous thing that happened overnight. I heal every day of my life. And I think it's critical that people understand that. And that's the tie in, and I'm not going to jump, but to the epigenetics. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't see it as a miracle. I do see it as as a um, incredible opportunity to go into the source, heal, heal what needs to be healed, and things change, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, great. Awesome. Well, hey, I hate to interrupt you, but we do have a caller on the line. Oh, wonderful. So we're going to go ahead and take Cheryl in Tacoma. Cheryl, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi there, Cheryl. Cheryl. Do you have a particular question or you just want an intuitive I guidance? I do. Okay. Um, I have a lot of muscle pain and stiffness and other, I just wanted to hear if there was anything intuitively that could be uh, talked about. Okay. Where's your muscle pain and stiffness? I have it all over, but there's a lot in, uh, in my legs. Um, and I also grind my teeth. So that's an obvious yeah reason well so instantly what came to me is are you aware of where the source of your anger is because the that's what i'm getting with the muscle pain and stiffness and so when you said your leg and the grinding of the teeth you know the legs are all about moving forward okay there's something lingering in you um that's that's bringing this forward, no pun intended. That's bringing this forward. Grinding of the teeth is all about anxiety and stress. So I, I would um, suggest it would be really wonderful to go into the core of you, find out where this lingering, you may not even know, okay, sweetie? I mean, it's not, we don't know so much. We don't know the sources until we get in there and dig it out, right? So, but it would be interesting 
for you to go back and try to get an understanding of that because the teeth is just playing out what's going on with the anchor. All right. I'm getting age 13. Something is significant. So we don't need to go into this right now, but um, go back and look at that anger. All right. Disappointment. And this, this hesitancy, it's not even a fear. It's a hesitancy to move forward. So something's in between you're moving forward and what happened then back then. Does that make sense? It does. Well, it was difficult to be around that age. Hmm. Okay. And I, I have always been hesitant in different ways in my life. Okay. I've, I've ignored it and go, gone forward most of the time, mm-hmm. but there's always hesitancy and fear. Okay. So that's wonderful that you have been able to identify that. All right. And, and now, and you know, I see everything as an opportunity. I think it's wonderful that you have identified that. And that's where you want to go with it. Okay. What is this push pull about? Actually, as I say, push pull, that's what your muscles are doing. That's the uh, sort of spasmy action that's going on inside the muscle belly. This push pull, push pull, push pull. You want it, but you're hesitant. You want, and you, if you could see me, I'm like going back and forth in my chair. Um, but good for you for for getting that that has to this is what we're going to talk about in the show is how we take these this energetic inheritance we bring in how we have our story we create a story based on that and how we can shift the story so that we change the expression of our dna all right well thanks for calling in cheryl yes thank all you right, thank you all right. And well, check out my website and give me a, I will continue this if you, do, you know, want to. Okay. <laughs> you can go ahead and give her that website right now, Laura. Okay. So you, you can, um, I just changed it. It's doorway to an audacious life or just look up Laura Mayer. It will come up. It's opening doorways. Awesome. Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break. Everyone stick around for the weekly skinny. And if you would like to ask Laura about, you know, an intuitive hit, you can call back one 298 kknw or 425-373-5527. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to discuss how lavender oil came to be used on the skin. In 1910, French chemist and scholar René Maurice Godfossé burned his hands badly during an experiment in a perfumerary plant, and after rolling in the grass, he decided to use his lavender essential oil as an immediate remedy. In his book, Aromatherapy, written in 1937, Godfossé tells the story of his incident In it, he explained that both of his hands were covered with a rapidly developing gas gangrene, which is a potentially fatal infection and the cause of many deaths and amputations in the First World War. He also wrote that just one rinse with lavender essence stopped the gasification of the tissue. This treatment was followed by profuse sweating and healing the next day. His hands healed quite rapidly with very little scarring. Amazed with the results, Gottfried Say went on to experiment with other essential oils on wounded French soldiers in military hospitals in the First World War. He wrote of his cases in his book as well. Clostridium perfringens is the bacteria which is responsible for such an infection of gas gangrene that Gottfried Say experienced. He most likely contracted it from exposing his wound to the soil that was rich with this bacteria when he rolled in the grass. Luckily, he chose to use lavender. And as it turns out, there are a number of other essential oils that are also active against strains of Clostridium perfringens. Winter savory, lemongrass, lemon myrtle, lemon tea tree, and tea tree, for example, are being used with factory farm chicken as they are susceptible to a Clostridium perfringens disease. Others, such as basil, rosemary, peppermint, thyme, and anise, are used to combat foodborne illnesses in Brazil, which is also caused by Clostridium perfringens. Although lavender has not actually been tested against Clostridium perfringens, according to microbiologists, it is known to inhibit the mechanism through which bacteria decide to release their toxins. It also has pain-relieving properties and the ability to reduce inflammation, not to mention its amazingly soothing smell. Of all the essential oils, it is the best suited for burns, too. Today, many skincare products add lavender for its delightful fragrance, anti-inflammatory properties, and its antimicrobial effects. So I guess you can say, Gottfried say, choosing lavender was a serendipitous encounter and one that paved the way for skincare companies and skincare products to come. 
A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And if you're just joining us, today I have the pleasure of having Laura Mayer on my show. Laura is a healing activator, occupational therapist, and author. And if you would like an intuitive message from Laura, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Laura, let's just go right into energetic inheritance. How do we identify it? How do we identify it? Okay. Um, so, energetic inheritance is what we're carrying in our cells that we're not even aware of most of the time. Okay. So, the identification of it is if you have this lingering thought your whole life. Okay. This starts when you're born. This starts in utero. This starts at conception. And we basically are carrying out what the generation, the generations or generation before us never completed. Okay. So, we're sort of taking on their stuff. And we don't know what's theirs and what's ours. And that's why it's critical to find out, to separate the two. Like, wait a minute, you know, this is what you had to deal with. Why am I dealing with it? So if you have a uh, something that gnaws at you all the time, or if you have a physical issue that shows up, if your back hurts certain times of the day or the week, or what happens that provokes certain energies around you, Like, when do you get sick? When does your back hurt? When do you feel X, Y, or Z? Start noticing those things. There's a pattern, I can guarantee it. Mm. Now, what's important about this energetic inheritance is we carry this stuff, and most of the time we don't even know it. We just assume, we assume it's ours because we're growing up with the same people that are carrying the energetic inheritance, okay? Mm -hmm. So it could be, well, my mother's got the same personality. No wonder I have this. Doesn't mean it's ours to keep. So as we go deeper into energetic inheritance, find out what's mine and what's yours, which I spoke to at length in the book that will be coming out, which is all about this. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this sadness all the time that's permeating my soul? Why? What's going on? And, you know, through the work, through the engagement, you find out. Um, You know, I'm going to give you a very dramatic but real example. And I I think people will be able to resonate with what I'm talking about with this example, which is why I'm going to give it. So I've always been scared. I started having dreams at 15 that I was being chased. I was like, you know, going in these hills, green, beautiful valleys. But a guy was always, a man was always chasing me with a gun. Okay. Always afraid. Now I'm a New Yorker. You know, I'm a tough girl. I know how to deal with this stuff. So afraid of being shot. Never, never anything else. Okay, not stabbed, shot, Mm all right? You know, breaking into my house, all of this stuff. Well, guess the source of that is that my mother was seven months pregnant with me, chased down nine flights of stairs by my father with a gun. Mm. That was my energetic inheritance of that fear. That PTSD lasted until last year because I had no idea where it came from. Once I discovered it and did the work, it's gone. So all those years of wondering why I'm so terrified, as I say that as a New Yorker, I'm smiling. What is going on? It Mm -hmm. isn't mine. 
It isn't mine. So after and you identify that, then how do you heal it? Oh, I'm talking about a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> a lot of energetic work. I mean, this is what I do. So, you know, this took, this takes, this takes getting into that cellular makeup um, and literally repositioning it all. Okay. And it's sort of like doing OT for the soul here. So you reposition it so that the trauma's released because it's not yours to hold. That trauma was my mother's and my father's, not mine. But since I was in utero, it was mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. My sister doesn't have that. All right. Perfect example. So when you release it, you get to look at how that really imposed on your life. And that's what's critical. The anxiety, the fear that you're not going to be able to take care of yourself, whatever it is, all right? Or how that comes through you, how that comes through your physical body. Is it back pain? Is it a disease? You know, I mean, what is it? Um, but once you can do that work, you literally recreate the story because you don't have to have the same story anymore. And that's where um, this whole epigenetics is. Because once you're done with that level of terror or PTSD, you don't carry it forward. Your cells change because the expression of you changes on a cellular level. Doesn't, I just wanna make this clear. Epigenetics is about changing the expression of your DNA. It doesn't change the coding. Mm -hmm. So if I was to get back into a fear mode or start worrying about that again, then it will show up in my body. All right. Yeah. So there's a lot of different tie-ins. I know I just sort of made this complicated, it's but there's, you know, I had the physical disease. I look back and I know that that was because I was an unwanted child. All right. And as an unwanted child, I brought through, not Laura, but my soul mm -hmm. brought through the disease so I would get it together. Now, one of the, this is also a very, I'm going to use the word alarming, which is interesting. One of the things that I came to was that my father was holding a gun. Okay. He was armed. And, and he wasn't a violent man. He was dying of cancer. Okay. So there was a lot of story around that. But he is armed. And I became disarmed. Hmm. I became disarmed. I'm carrying that. Right. Carrying it. It's fascinating when you realize what you're carrying from past generations. So is there a way from keeping this gene from getting activated? Like, especially right now, right? I mean, this is a crucial yeah. time where yeah. I know a lot of us have had lineage tied to the Spanish flu and other pandemics. And I'm sure a lot of us right now are being triggered. So is there a way to keep that gene from being triggered and being activated at this time? So the lineage that connects to these, you know, pandemics, and it could be polio, okay? It could be any of this right. stuff. How are you, res the first question I would ask is, how are you responding to what's going on right now? Are you out of control? Are you terrified? What is going on? How are you treating this? How are you showing up with this? That will tell you everything, mm -hmm. all right? If you're going into crisis and you're afraid and it's, and you're not taking care of yourself, all right? We actually, even in this pandemic that's going on right now, we actually have a lot of control. We stay in our homes. We stay in our homes. That's huge, taking care of yourself and loving yourself, okay? So how are you responding to what's going on right now is key? No question. Mm -hmm. So I would ask everybody to think about how they're responding. You know, are they finding books? Are you doing new projects? What are you doing? Are you making the best of it? Is it an opportunity or are you scared to death? If you're scared to death and it's, not that it's not scary, but it's proportionately more because you can do something about it. You're not forced to go next to somebody who has the, flu, the virus. You can control this. Now, maybe the energetic inheritance is they had no control. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what was going on. We didn't have medicine the way we did. So there's a whole bunch of people getting, you know, the flus and polio and everything else that we've had these epidemics before. So that would be a very interesting place to follow. It's not dealing with the virus. It's dealing in the reaction 
mm-hmm. and action to the virus because that's what your cells are going to adapt to. Right. How do we deal with this right now? It's funny, I'm losing my throat chakra. <clears throat> How do we deal with this right now? <sighs> we actually say, wow, I do have control. Yeah. I may not have control over what's going on in this country right now or the world, but I certainly have control whether or not I am out there with other people, my discernment with who I'm going to be with, Mm-hmm. how we take care of ourselves. That is an amazing opportunity right there to let go of the anxiety and say, I know I got this. Right. I got this. Well, and for you and I that dealt with something so rare and unknown and fatal, we pulled through too without right. knowing how we were going to do it. Right. Absolutely. You don't have to know how you're going to do it. You just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Without judgment, <laughs> there cannot be judgment. I'm sure everyone listening has had enough judgment to last five lifetimes. Okay, right. This is an open opportunity to explore. That's what our cells want. They want openings. Our cells do not want to be cracked down and and held restricted. Mm-hmm. It's a call of the flow. Okay, to be in that level of flow and understanding and acceptance of what's happening and acceptance of how you can show up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is an amazingly positive way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't take away that, yeah, this is incredible what's going on. Mm-hmm. But what we can do, and maybe past generations couldn't, okay? We really do have control. The government is shutting us down. We don't have to go to work. We don't have to be out there. We get to stay home and be safe. Right. That's huge. That didn't happen. In the past. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I'm talking about 100 years ago. Right. You know? Exactly. We didn't have that luxury. We do. We really do. Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray, free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles, one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com, S-A-K-U. URA skinandmind.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y R-E-I-C-H dot com. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? 
Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Laura Mayer on my show. Laura is a healing activator, occupational therapist, and author. So, Laura, let's go back. How did you heal yourself of this disease that was supposed to kill you? Well, um, as I think I started, I I actually stepped into the metaphysical piece of this. I dropped the medical and went into the metaphysical. And I did a lot of deep, deep cleaning out. Um, I chanted. I meditated. Everything was meditation. I did not sit on a cushion ever. I, I really made a decision that I was going to find out what's going on inside of me. And that if I heal my heart, if I heal this, this sadness that I always felt, no matter what, okay, the sadness of not being a wanted child, I would heal my hands or I would open up the opportunity to heal the physicality, Mm -hmm. right? That my heart healing would open up to, to, and that's what happened. So, you know, very lovingly, I say, when I, when I opened my heart, I opened my hands Mm. and, you know, when I was doing my own healing work, I started to see the child and the adult and became a holographic healer. And so I just get in there in five seconds, tap into the child, because if the child or in utero, it could be in utero, if the child is unhappy, the adult is unhappy. When the child goes back and learns what it means to be a happy, loved, wanted child by their own parenting, then they become happy adults, mm-hmm. okay? So that was the process that evolved. And I, I did heal tremendously. And I wrote that in my first book, Unlocking the Invisible Child. Recently, I've tapped into the energetic inheritance and drew all this other material mm-hmm. that I didn't even do before. And that has brought me to a secondary level of healing. Now, the, the one piece here that is so critical is that I no longer say that, wow, I transformed the disease. I did not. And I love that I say that. Healing is an everyday event for the rest of my life, both emotionally and physically. So my hands, our something in our body, and, and maybe for... Um, Cheryl, it's the muscles. It's the grinding the teeth. For me, it was my hands. Mm -hmm. When my hands are stressed, when my body, my emotionality is stressed because somebody is is, being hurt or hurting because of somebody else's action or my own, my hands will get worse. Mm -hmm. And I love that because that gives us once again the opportunity to be so aware and take our life and our healing into our own hands, no pun intended here. And that's our job. That's our job. So every day we get to notice what's going on in the cellular level. The cellular level only shifts with that heightened awareness and willingness to be vulnerable and go in there right to the source. Mm. And I mean, what a tremendous second, second, you know, I don't even know the right word. I mean, this, this healing that has been done as a result of the energetic inheritance, um, it's always, it, the physicality, as the doctor said to me, you know, you are all about epigenetics because I took a negative trajectory and made a positive. So our actions, our emotions, our attitudes, our attitude is what we need to change our epigenetics, okay? That's it. I mean, Bruce Lipton, thank you very much. It is our attitude. And then it stops with you, right? When I said, I'm, listen, this is what I said after a three-hour session. I am done. Either I heal or I'm out of here. I let the universe know I wasn't going to live this way for another 30, 40 years. Mm. And guess what? I kept it going. That positivity changed the expression of my physical disease. I decide that I don't want to be positive anymore. (laughs) I will go back. I don't think I'll ever go back as bad, but I will go back. I will start dropping things. My functioning will decrease. 
that has been witnessed. And I think that's wonderful because what it says is exactly this. Healing is in your hands. Mm. So if you have a question like, why do I feel this way? Find out. Right. It's not going to go away on its own. Nothing disappears without the work. Nothing lasts unless it's really worked at the core. Nothing. And then because you've done the work, right, it stops with you and isn't passing on to your offspring. Absolutely. I mean, I wish I could say that I did the work when I was 10. Okay. (laughs) All right. I mean, boy, if we could all do this before we have children, which is absolutely like fascinating to work with people in their 20s before they have children. So they have this understanding. So they don't pass it down Mm -hmm. because that's what we do. And that's normal. There's no judgment here. You know, my parents did the best they could. And I'm not saying that in a laissez-faire attitude. That's all they knew. They never had anybody to talk to. And it certainly wasn't something that was expressed in our world. I mean, it wasn't even expressed in my world until I was 50 years old, 45 years old. So this is a new opportunity for all of us to go in, dig deep, and get the help you need, like the song, you know? Get the help from somebody (laughs) who gets it. Because nobody's going to, nobody is going to heal you, mm-hmm. but you, I call myself a healing activator because I'm not healing you guys. I don't heal my clients. I activate what's already in them. So they have the courage and make the commitment and feel safe to heal whatever it is, whatever it is. I like that. And I like how you use the word opportunity. Um, and it's, you know, you, you seek out the positive aspect of the disease, which I think is important to realize. And, and I have, listen, in all honesty, you know, my, I've had <laughs> 15 reconstructive, you know, tendon transfers and bone fusions. I, I will never be normal. I still have three to six pounds of muscle strength or seven, depending on the, on the day. I don't look at my life that way. I look at the, I can't believe I'm who I am after the trajectory, but that's because I didn't give up. Okay. And that's what we need guys. We have to really make a commitment to ourselves. The first line in my first book is having the courage to love yourself enough, right? <laughs> Just enough to inspire <laughs> you to say, I deserve more. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to carry the stiffness and the fear and the anxiety and the pain any longer. I'm done with this. And when you make that declaration and you put it out there, that's when people will fall in your lap. That's when the people you need. Show need, <laughs> well, hey, Laura, um, we're going to have to close with our session here today. Or our, So I was hoping that you can share how people can book a session with you and follow you and learn about your book. So you can um, go to my website again, just go to Laura Mayer or Open Doorways and, um, and um, you know, inquire because it's all there. Or you can actually just write me, at, email me at um, Laura at laurajmayer.com and I will write you back. Um, and I'm on Facebook. So you could always send me a personal message on Facebook. I, I really believe that I stayed alive. That little girl who came in wanting to be Florence Nightingale. Yeah, (laughs) that is my sole purpose. This is why I'm here. And this is why I heal. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, Eric, my producer, my fabulous producer. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2pm. Keep your chin up. Try to stay positive. Don't draw in all the fear. Fear. And, and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya.